Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down over here on the Strickland YouTube channel, as well as now the Strickland Podcast Network. It's your boy Samuel, aka Sam, at FBL underscore Sam. Got Therese at London's Theory on Twitter, and we got Jeff at Frank Barrett 119. Knicks win their first preseason game versus the Pistons of a, with a score of 117 to. 96. 96 yep um i mean first time and probably one of the only rare times that we will come on here with nothing negative to say um so do not get used to all this positivity i will say that um pretty fun game all around i mean jalen brunson started things off with you know setting the tone in terms of you know being aggressive um getting to the basket as well as you know just being a good point guard, which is like something that we don't, we never had as New York Knicks fans. So that was also refreshing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, start things off. How'd you guys think um, Brunson looked in his um, preseason debut? Uh, it's it's preseason game one and I'm already getting the victory lap shoes on. Um, I told you this was going to happen. I know that it's early, but I'm still going to, I'm going to victory lap it. He's good. We have a point guard. Enjoy this. Yeah, he was really good. I do want to push back uh, on not the love Brunson's getting, but like, I feel like we're doing a lot of not us three, but like just us as a Knicks fan base. What I saw on Twitter, we're focusing a lot on the point guard aspect of it. Like I've seen so, so many people be like, we finally have a point guard. And like, I feel like Brunson tonight, at least, was just like a really good scorer who happened to play the point guard position. Like Mm -hmm. he wasn't out there like, you know, putting dimes. Like if I'm being honest, aside from a mini stretch, I actually thought quickly played a better point guard game than Brunson did. Brunson just was the better player. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we can get into that down the line, but like, as far as like setting teammates up relentlessly with baskets and like organizing the offense, quickly had a really rough stretch late in the third, but overall he was phenomenal. And I just thought Brunson, he plays point guard, but he was just fucking awesome. You know, like he was just scoring and he was, he had a few really nice setups, but I don't know. I just, it's a nitpicky thing, but I, I'm pushing back a little bit on the whole, like, Oh, we finally have a point guard. It's like, <sighs> no, we just have a really good player who happens to play point guard, you know, like we've seen some iteration of this before though. True. Very True. Um, and you know, with the ball in his hands, it limited opportunities for you know others on the on 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 the basketball court to not have as many opportunities to um, mess up. I will say kindly, um, as well as it eliminated opportunities for a certain garbage two man game to um, dominate offensive possessions when they were on the court together. So. That was a breath of fresh air, as um, ZMP323 says in the comments over here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing negative there. Um, nothing negative there to say. I will say um, in terms of Mitch in the starting lineup, he looked pretty good today as well. Um, the blocks, you know, um, the the mobility, the activeness, I think his he just looks way better. 
and you know that's always a positive sign um and it looks like you know he took it seriously after you know last year coming out not looking the best not being in shape um and getting paid this offseason and you know showing the Knicks that they made a smart investment so far so yeah I thought Mitch looked pretty good that was one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen from him like again not given the stakes but he was unbelievable. Like we've always said, like if he could just be like 85% or 80% of Rudy Gobert, like we have a steal. That wasn't just rim protection. He was, I mean, I'm really excited to rewatch this game just to rewatch him because on first glance, it looked like he was covering for so many mistakes. I actually thought that Fournier and Randall after the first quarter or so, both played really, really top-end individual defensive games for them. They were both much more active after that first quarter. But early on, the Pistons made a point to attack Brunson, Fournier, and Randall, and Mitch was everywhere covering for them. It was an astounding performance from him. Again, not just from a rim-protective standpoint, but just an all-around defensive uh, performance. If he can be that and not need offensive touches just dominate the offensive glass and be that defensive force we got a steal at that contract yeah i agree um i think the like like him last year coming off the injury you knew it could take some time for him to get adjusted but i feel like the second half of the season he really played well um what is that oh oh sorry i'm sorry anyway um out of my headphones yeah i feel like he played really well and yeah i to the point of like covering for mistakes a lot i think you just saw him gunk up a lot of what the Pistons wanted to do especially in the half court like at the rim they couldn't get they couldn't get anything at the rim on the perimeter mitch would like stop their drives and would like with some dig help from fournier i felt like they couldn't really get any like good high quality shots and i felt the shots they were getting were like hail mary iso bucket prayers and that's ideally what you want to see from the guy you paid $60 million to anchor your defense. And if Hartenstein is going to be shooting threes and passing the way he was passing, I feel like that tandem of Hartenstein and Mitch is going to be so, so lethal. Arguably, it's probably the best center rotation in the, in the league right now, arguably. I think Mobley and Allen probably has the cake and maybe, like, Gobert and Towns. But, like, it's up there. It's definitely up there, I think. And I to, to continue that point, Tyrese, we, as people who watch this postgame, really like to crap on Tibbs. I thought he did a lot of good things tonight, but probably the most encouraging part of tonight's game related to Tibbs is related to what you just said. I think that the team almost played, the, the two units played two very different styles of basketball, which is something we haven't really seen in three years. Usually we see Mitch play and then the guy who comes in for Mitch just mimics his role. And even though it's worse, it looks exactly the same. We actually saw Hardenstein being an entirely different player than Mitch. And Tibbs didn't say, hey, Hardenstein, I know you have this skill set, but I'm going to force you into what I think a center looks like. He said, you can stretch the floor a little bit. You have great vision, great processing, great passing. We're going to capitalize that and utilize that. And he ran like 10 plus dribble handoffs or, you know, he just had the ball at the top of the key scanning the floor 
and Mitch didn't have that at all. And if that's the type of thing we're going to see from Tibbs this year, he could have a really good coaching season. If he's willing to say, we're going to, you know, we're going to coach to our players strengths because I mean, let's be honest in three years, that's not really what he's done. He's made people fit into his scheme rather than fitting his scheme towards player strengths. And I really like that tonight. And I replied to a tweet earlier today saying that Dibs is so one track minded when it comes to players in terms of when he, when he sees them one way, it is just that way going forward, no matter what happens. Um, and, you know, that really applied mo- mainly to um, Emmanuel Quickly, who I thought um, came out the gate really aggressive. I like the aggression going to the paint. Um, really aggressive, like, in terms of, like, going for, like, actual, like, layups and stuff like that. It, um, I think it was Mike that was making a point in the um in the broadcast of saying how like when he's going to the rim now he's getting bumped on his drives but it's not like deterring his drives it's like he's getting bumped but you can see like the strength that he gained over the last couple of years is actually making an impact where like he's taking the bumps but he's like getting fouled but he's still able to get like a good shot up which has been yeah. something that like I've been really I've been really happy to see the progression since the start of the um the end of last year and um heading in, into the beginning of this year. So hopefully it's something that continues and you know, it's just another um tool in his arsenal for him. Yeah, I, I uh from the Strickland account I tweeted that I thought it was funny that everyone or his, his detractors per se like to like to pigeonhole him as this six man, as you were just saying, you know, even Tibbs like just sees him one way. But to me, scoring has almost been the worst part of Emmanuel Quickly's game in two seasons. Like, yeah, he has like average efficiency for a guard, but he's been very streaky as a scorer. The other aspects of his game, especially as his passing have evolved, has evolved, excuse me, have been much more consistent and just more of a guarantee. Like he's an elite rebounder for a guard, not just a good rebounder. He's like, in the upper echelon of rebounding guards, his defense, as we saw again tonight, him and Deuce were just, I mean, they had Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes is going to have nightmares tonight about what Deuce and quickly did to him, to, uh, did to him on the court. Killian tonight. Hayes should have nightmares every night that he plays in the NBA. <laughs> That's fine. I, I agree with that, but at least usually Killian Hayes is able to like get to the basket, but he couldn't even get by quickly and Deuce. Like they were just hounding him. And then his passing, he had, you know, 10 plus good looks created for teammates that just didn't result in assists. Like he's just, he really is seeing the court well. Um, and that's the danger and then downside of pigeonholing up a, a player's talented as quickly. Terry, said anything to add? Yeah, I agree. I just, I think people just look at the raw data with quickly and do not understand how impactful he is in the game. Like, you need to watch Emmanuel quickly play the game and then realize how good he is at basketball. Like, you see three assists, three rebounds, and it does not tell the story of how he's getting those rebounds, how he's getting those assists, like the personnel around him contributing to his stats. This is why, like, you can't just watch a box score and be like, oh, this player is good, this player is bad. Like, quickly, legitimately, you give him, like, Hell, put him in, like, the first unit. Like, put him in the Jalen Brunson role. I feel like he would have thrived. He would have thrived to the start of this year. Um, Yeah, just, like, I'm just 
irrationally high quickly. He feels like he's already in midseason form because he's breaking free throws. Um, yeah, like you know, quickly is like at his best when he's like hitting eighty-five percent of his free throws instead of like ninety-five. I've always found that to be weird, but um, yeah, man, like I'm, he's so good, man. The leg sleeve year three quickly jump is coming, and I'm excited for it. And that's such a good point about the leverage of his rebounds because. Like you said, he only got only got three rebounds, but they were all high leverage rebounds. And like this won't be, you know, crap on Julius Randle day. I actually have nothing yeah, to say about Randall, but no one gets more low leverage rebounds than Randall. Like if there's a rebound with no defender around, he's in there hunting it, you know? Like whereas every rebound quickly gets, it's amidst a sea of taller offensive players. And that's like to your point, Tyrese, why watching and studying how you make your impact is so important um yeah i'm to your point jeff i saw a graph on one of those graphs on twitter that shows like the people's heads and um julius was on the one that i was talking about like rebounding in certain situations and it it definitely correlated to what you just said so that i was just that's why i was just like smirking when you said that let's get to some comments before we get into some other parts of tonight's game that were um pretty refreshing as well um, Ace Bouchard says, um, Randall was less bad than expected. Um, definitely had a rough go around in the first, I would say, um, in terms of his shots. Um, and you know, I gave him, I gave him crap for that on Twitter as I will this whole season. So be prepared for that. But, um, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he started picking things up when, you know, game had already been decided. Oh, um, God. <laughs> oh man, this is some nice. This is some nice hate channel. Jesus I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Tyrese go before I. Before I <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, game. We was already like 23, and then you know he he got his rhythm going. So you know, but um, yeah. Next comment. Um, uh, but wait, before we get to that comment, I just want to uh-huh. say I I actually I actually disagree with you here, Sam. Because of course, not no problem. I, go ahead. I, I don't I don't think that his scoring was the most was even close to the most important part of oh for sure yeah it wasn't i wasn't i just wanted to crap on him for a little bit yeah okay (laughs) we know (laughs) um no but i think the 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 glaring thing with him was the zero turnovers and i think that's due to like jalen brunson just having the ball more um you know other guys having the ball in their hands more him not having to be such so much of a decision maker there were some moments where he fumbled the ball um where he was dribbling a little bit too much but then he realized passed it out um hopefully that's something that continues during the regular season it's preseason you know it's it's low stakes when the pressure antes up we'll see how much it bothers him um and how much he'll have the ball in his hands in those situations as well but um for first preseason game i thought it was pretty all right and that's the main point right like the the thing you just said to me is everything that his usage and his volume of possessions went down and something me and you talked about sam because we're both kind of on the anti-randall side is we were convinced that because brunson was coming in because brunson was going to have a high usage randall in his percentage of possessions would try to force the issue more because he's just so used to getting his and something i really liked tonight was that was not the case he like you just said aside from one or two, you know, mid ranges from isolation, unless the shot was really there, 
he was looking for his teammates and he was enforcing the issue. And like, you know, our expectations aren't that high. We don't need his 2020, 2021 shooting splits. If he Hell can just no. play, if he can just play that style of basketball, I think 95% play of is smart, conducive to winning quick minded basketball. Yeah. You will win all of New York back. If exactly. you try to replicate 2020, 2021, you are going to fail because that is not possible and you are not going to win the city back. And the front office will definitely start taking calls from Charlotte and Phoenix who are desperate for some help right now. So I think Phoenix is desperate for happiness at this point. They're like, desperate no. for anything at this point. They just got beat by a team from Australia. Yeah, the Alliday 36ers put the fucking paws on them. Yeah. That team is going <laughs> in the gutter. So they're definitely looking for something. And if Julius thinks that he's going to replicate 2020-21, then Phoenix, go ahead, take that. Yeah, I I just want to say like he played quicker, like he not as quick as I want him to play, but he definitely played quicker. I wish his decision making was like a second faster, but he took one mid range shot, didn't go well, but he took one. He took, took five a, he shots. Took a lot of threes. Rim. Yeah, like that's what I want. I want him to take, like I wish he took more in the corner, but like if he can hit that decent above the break three at like thirty five percent this year, hitting in the corners. And just taking the shots at the rim that he's getting, because he's going to get a lot of them with Brunson, like breaking down defenses. The guy's gonna sleepwalk to twenty. Scoring is not his problem. He can score as much as he wants to. He just needs to be conducive to playing, and also the defensive effort that he showed, especially second quarter onwards. Like, just keep doing that. That's how you score. I don't know if I want him taking as many threes though. I think, I mean, in I I. I know it's 2K, but in 2K, I have my most success using him as a pick-and-roll screener and roller, and he is, like, unstoppable that way. He has to to take those threes for, like, the sake of the team. Like, he has to. Like, I want him taking four to five threes a game. If he's going to take, like, let's say 13 shots a game this year, I think he'll take more. Yeah, I I know. I'm just just saying, like, as a number, you know? Yeah. If he's he's taking, like, let's say 15, 16, whatever, right? I want at least five of those to be threes because yeah, I need yeah. him to be able to like bend defenses with his face. I need him to be able like to be a corner threat because this team desperately needs him to be a corner threat. It's funny that Sam says that because I was going to, my next question for you guys about Randall was going to be, what did you guys think of how he got to the rim? Because I actually thought that was another step forward on last season that he, it, he, it looked like he was trying to take, he seemed more adamant at getting to the hoop he wasn't the most successful at it but i just like to see him as mike breen says seven times a game you like to see the aggressiveness you know like and uh i, I like to see that tonight I'm, I'm curious what you guys think if they want him get him going to the rim more i suggest they probably use him more as a screener which i didn't see much of today yeah um, for that opening possession yeah but yeah use him more as a screener he has yeah. some sort of rolling gravity it may not be as strong as ob's or mitch's but he definitely has some type of gravity roll into the rim and utilize that. Like I was saying, like this all season, I'm like, he has that rolling gravity, but like he hasn't used it in three years because nobody on this team was like able, well, Tibbs wouldn't put anybody on the team with him to like get him to roll enough. Like we didn't see IQ and Randall enough. Um, Rose kind of rejects screens a lot to try to like get to the rim. And it just kind of felt like, Brunson was like, okay, set the screen, set the screen, set the screen. And like, you could at least see the process. And he started to like ease up 
he started to like embrace it. I really feel like the first quarter was kind of him going, let me figure it out. And then after the second quarter, he kind of took off. So I'm happy with the results. I'm happy with the process. It needs to be cleaner, but it's the first preseason game, so I'm not going to beat it up too much. And yeah. Um, yeah, let's get to the next comment. Um, Aaron De Niro says, I like the energy Hartenstein was bringing to that unit for sure. I mean, that second unit was just like steamrolling, like as per usual with the Knicks. Um, second unit is like the God squad. Um, and they played, they played so much faster. It was like, it was, it was so fun to see that team, that unit out there. Um, and it was fun when RJ was out there with them too. When it was like RJ, I think IQ, Cam, um, OB well, and Hart. Cam played like like one quarter and then like got injured. So like, yeah, per usual with yeah, him. Yeah, he's all right. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that second unit was definitely fun, and Hartenstein being able to stretch the floor. I know it was something that was like brought up in like passing with him when he, when we acquired him because he wasn't someone that took a lot of shots from out there but it looks like something that they want to like utilize more um similar to what they started using with um Taj as um this past year so maybe we might see more of um Hartenstein stretch probabilities and you know being able to have that different style of play as um Jeff was alluding to earlier being able to have um two different styles of plays between the two units it's going to be very interesting um, I would like to see, you know, Hartenstein and other players be staggered and, you know, have intermingling of different units. So that way it's not the whole hockey subs shifts as always, you know, have Hartenstein and like Obi out there with like Brunson and, and, and RJ and stuff like that and mix it up. I would like to see different stuff like that. Um, I keep my expectations super low because it, the, the, the coach that we have and, how he likes to do things, but um, yeah, I did. I did like Hartenstein and what he brought. Um, definitely shocked me with the volume of outside shots he took already. What I want to say is like Tiz definitely got in his little bag. He got, he got in his little Duffy. Like we saw the three guard lineups. We saw Juice running with the starters for a little bit. Like he definitely because, wasn't... because someone was out. That's a I rotation mean, player. True, but like you at least saw him like do something like even when we've seen people and that's the issue though that i've highlighted so many times is he is forced to like be more creative when there's an injury which which sucks because when grimes comes back it's going to be like okay we know what to expect now i mean i'm not gonna play that grimes minutes though yeah so the the funny thing is is that even i agree with tyrese that's why i was i was saying that earlier i thought i thought he coached a good game but even in a more creative tibbs game he inserted a bench guy into the game, took him out, and then inserted him back in in the same half zero times all game. He just has no capability of making multiple subs in a half. And it's one of the most baffling things to see because that's how you mix up units, you know? Like, um, Hardenstein, what, what, what were the first three off the bench? It was Cam, Obi, and Hardenstein, right? Does that yeah. sound right? Um, yeah. So, you know, let's say we're trying to do what Sam was just saying. Hardenstein comes in, you know, halfway through the first. If he wants to bring Mitch in to start the second, okay, you know, like bring Mitch in and then put Hardenstein in for a little bit. Like that's how other teams operate. They don't just – and you saw what, you know, Sims was out tonight. 
So Tibbs is like, okay, well, I'm going to pull Mitch earlier, early, and then, all right, I guess Hardenstein will just play the last 18 minutes of the game. Dude, you know, like, like, what? That's like, like, exactly. that's like, he wasn't like, okay, I'll play Hardenstein for eight and then Obi a little bit. Like, he was just like, that's just how he operates. And it's, it's really wild. Like, you could play a drinking game all season long, take a shot every single time a bench guy gets subbed in, subbed out, and then subbed back in in the same half. And I'm pretty sure sober people could play that game because it won't happen once all season. It's really I wild. I will definitely be playing that game then. Yeah. <laughs> I will definitely be playing that game <laughs> because I will be, I will be, I will be fine. I'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. Oh, yeah. um, regarding Hardenstein, I, uh, I agree with Aaron. And uh, there's there's a specific play that I'm going to be highlighting in the Strickland thread tomorrow. That I thought was just really funny, but also just like I was like, man, I'm really going to like this guy. Um, he got the ball at the top of the key, like like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and one of the one of the uh, bench guys um, was completely out of position, just not the way the offense was supposed to be run. And Hardenstein like angrily waved for him to cut through because that's he was supposed to be on the other side of the court. And I was thinking to myself, like, dude, we're up 27 in a preseason game. But he was like, he really wants the, the offense just flow like a machine. And I was like, man, Tibbs is going to love this guy and we're going to love this guy. Because he's just, you can tell his, the way he processes the game. It's like Obi and they're, they're just going to be on the man, same. I'm just waiting for those back. I'm just waiting for the Kylo Quinn, Doug McDermott style, you know, backdoor cuts. Obi is just going to feast off those. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's just gonna be a ton of fun to watch. I've got to be honest. Though, I, I mean, it was nice to see those first two three threes go in, but I can't imagine Tibbs wants him like, <laughs> like jacking them like it. all yeah, year. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that's gonna be a, like a like he's uh, gonna shoot a three. I think I think he might like he might like because like he had th- he had um Taj doing the whole corner threes thing for most of the year, so I don't know if he's gonna be content with you know having Hartenstein do that kind of thing for maybe the top of the key once a game or something like that, just to keep the defense a little bit honest. Okay. But, but like over under 90 and a half threes for the season. You over. The under. over snap over. Under. Right. Over. Under. over. How much? Did Taj, under. I want to see how much Taj took um, in the season. I would assume like Taj took like a decent amount. I want to say and Taj took 38. I absolutely think Hardenstein could probably take more than 38. I remember Taj didn't play for a good part of the season. So, like, if I, man, I, I think he's going to be pulling this year. I, I think he pulls this year. Because I kind of feel like that's his natural progression. I think he took like, uh, 30. He took 30 last year. Yeah. And I feel like he's going to start taking a little bit more because so 60 and a lot were at the end of the season i i did a thread on him a few months ago for the strickland account and i looked at his game log and like 20 or something crazy came in like the last 10 games of the season including a bucks game when i think he took like he, he they got killed at milwaukee and i think he took five but yeah i mean he's i i i'm with you tyrese i i think he wants to pull I'm just I'm I'll be interested to see how much Tibbs like lets him how, how big a leash Tibbs gives him. If yeah. if he starts pulling and he's like hitting them, let's say like let's say I think he takes like okay, less than three a game. But say he takes like 2.5, 2.6, and he makes like one of them. That's a good number. Yeah, that's forty percent. <laughs> uh two points uh, it's like thirty eight, thirty eight, if I'm doing the math correctly. Like thirty one divided by two point five. 
Oh, I was gonna say one out of two point five is definitely forty percent. But yeah, I, I said two point six. My bad. But like, yeah, like I, I can see it. Like I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, man. Like. Yeah, that'd be a really freaking good player. <laughs> a center shooting 40% from three on a, a little under three attempts a game. In, Move over, in like, Kat. In, in like That's best shooter in the shooting big in the league. Dude, yeah. I, I think he's pulling this year, man. And I feel like his pulls are going to be better than Taj's because Taj had that old man, that old man windup. But Hardenstein's was like straight up just like, like in rhythm. ATB threes and you're just like okay is this just preseason or is he like actually trying to like smooth out this part of his game and it could be just preseason you know sure, some guys I, they like to get up those reps in the preseason just so you know they 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 know they have it in their back pocket if they need it in the regular season but I feel like if you want to win the starting job if you want to win the starting job like I feel like if you're pulling three I don't think he's trying to win the starting job though well I mean like I think I he mean, knows he's the backup I, I know but I'm just like I we, yeah, we know you're having fantasies about, you know, a white guy starting over Mitch. All right, dude. <laughs> me? Me of yeah, all you. people. Co- co- like, you, you know I have a very big love affair with Mitch. Relax. Is being German, is that is that white? I Me and my yes. friends argue about it all the time. It's like, like is yes. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's Spanish, right? Like, I, I don't get I don't get it. He's white. Portuguese. It's like white or, yeah, Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, duh. Sure. Um, but still, how is that? That's not a, how is that a race? I don't Showing my ignorance here. His ethnicity, his nationality versus his actual race. His race, which is white. He's just tan. But um, yeah, like I I can see him pulling, man. I I really can see him pulling. I just have a feeling that the front office signed him because of what he does offensively. You're right. For one. Speaking of, speaking of, (laughs) you know. Uh, speaking of white dudes, Tibbs' favorite was balling tonight. Archie Diakono, guy, oh. that kid. <laughs> For you mean sure. Rye him, Archie Diakono? I, that is exactly what I mean. Did you see that little first that little two white guys on the Knicks for the, on the court for the same time um, since when? Uh, it's been a minute. It's definitely been no a way. minute. Like, what about said- uh, Staps? Staps and that Brad Dukas guy or whatever the hell his name was. He Doug McDermott. No, well, yeah, and McDermott, but there was another guy more recently. God, I was thinking, he, I was thinking Luke Cornett and Henry Ellens. He was like this old Euro who was a fan favorite. He had like Mindaugas Kuzminskis. That sounds something like that. Yeah, right. yeah, it's, it was probably Kuz. Those that was that that was a little bit further along. I think um, more recently is Luke Cornett and like whatever random like white scrub we had, or Ron Baker. Um, ah, Cornette and Ron Baker, or like Luke Cornette and Henry Ellenson, whenever we signed him for that random stretch at the end of one of those seasons that we sucked. Ron Baker got an extension, but Frank couldn't. That was crazy, disgusting. Um, yeah, let's get back to some comments before we get into like the 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 rabbit hole of white Knicks <laughs> players. <laughs> Great white Nick players. <laughs> um, is Bouchard says most of IQ's misses in the paint seems because he was expecting a call. I noticed that, especially in like the third quarter, there was, there was like one or two drives where like he drove with the intent of like trying to get a call. Um, he did a better job when he just played through the contact because of the newfound frolicness. Yes, basically. Yep. I think, I think the added strength helped with um, playing through the contact. For sure. Absolutely. He uh, 
I would say he played almost a perfect game up until there was a possession at the end of the third quarter when he wanted to go two for one. So he like faked the pistol action to RJ and just kept it. Um, and it was just an awful possession. Like RJ was supposed to get the ball and he like waved RJ off and then he bail out, gave it to Obi. Obi passed back to him. He airballed a three. And that was like the string of like a really weird, like three minutes where IQ was just horrible. Um, but aside from that, I, I thought he was really good. Um, and I agree. I think that almost all of his misses in the paint were him just trying to draw contact and expecting the call. Um, he just needs to find more of a happy medium because he's just not going to get the whistle that he thinks he should. Yep. I, I definitely agree. Like, I don't know if he doesn't, I don't know if he's not going to get that whistle because, like, his free throw rate at the end of the season, like, post-All-Star break, was, like, damn near 400. Like, it was insane. Like, he might have, like, a low-key Alec Burks whistle. Like, Alec Burks was a free throw merchant for whatever reason. <laughs> like, like his free throw rate was, like, in the, like, near 400, I'm pretty sure. Like, Burks was crazy. But, like, I, I don't... Maybe I'm just, like, really off the Kool-Aid of a one season, and I'm I acknowledge the fact that I might be, but like, man, I, I I buy that. I buy that. I think quickly. Just I I love quickly, man. I love quickly. Um, we got James Marcetta. If firing Thibs tomorrow meant it would take three years off, I guys' you, life, you guys' lives, off you guys' lives. Oh, um. Wait, what? Wouldn't it add three years to our lives? <laughs> it would, but in this scenario, he's making it take away three oh, years. Oh, he's creating lives. a scenario. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck out of here. I like life. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks the are secondary to my life. It's okay. Until the... Never mind. I won't say it. I'll let it happen, and then you'll go through the stages of grief, Tyrese. <laughs> You're sick. You're sick. <laughs> you sick motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad you got that instead of, you know, me having to explain it. Um, That's three years less that you'd have to fucking thirst trap OnlyFans, girls. It's okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyways. <laughs> um, Nemo Petitour says, Obi's marksmanship was kind of the bitter part of the night. Small sample for sure, though. Yeah, he was very he was very confident in his in his in his um jump shot pulling, I will say. Um he's definitely feeling the vibes from the end of last year, um, carrying over, but it did not carry over. I did like that one possession where RJ got him that pass and you know, he got into the lane. I still think his strong suit is, you know, still getting into the lane, getting into the paint strong finishes but um you know jump shot is like something that's you know little sprinkle on top yeah so i mean to say how much he hates him but the, go ahead, the thing is, first of all that uh that take he had in the first quarter was awesome the one that led to a dunk that, that mm-hmm. was like one of the first times we've ever seen that from him but he's gonna get more paint touches with hardenstein on the floor that's just going to happen, and he has to accept that. Not because I don't think he can be a good shooter, but I don't think he can be, like, a great shooter. 
Like I could see him, honestly, the numbers with a little bit lower percentage, but the numbers that Tyrese just gave for Hardenstein, like I could see Obi shooting like 35% on like three, three-ish attempts or like four attempts per 36 or something like that. Um, that's like, that's totally reasonable to me. But I think he's so used to, well, I'm only, this is going to be my only touch for a couple of minutes. So I got to, you know, let it, let it mm-hmm. rip, you know, and try and create a rhythm he's going to realize very quickly that that's not a thing anymore because first of all, both Rose and quickly will be looking for him with a more open paint. And second of all, with Hartenstein, the paint is going to be more open and he can be more of a screener assuming Tibbs, the Tibbs of tonight is here to stay in terms of like changing up his style and his profile, the profile of his offense. He's going to get more pick and rolls. He's going to get more paint touches so uh, there were a couple of catch and shoot threes that I really liked, including the one that he mysteriously airballed. Like that was just a fine and rhythm look, but he took one from the, uh, the free throw line extended or like the elbow extended. That was really deep. And I thought it was a force. Um, Very much a force. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just doesn't have to take those anymore and he's going to learn that. And I think that's why we're going to see a higher percentage this year. Yeah, I'm going how much you hate him. There's opportunity for him this year because what well, I think he, Julius got pulled out six minutes fifty four minutes uh, six minutes fifty four seconds into the first quarter, and then like Obi came in and played the rest of the first quarter. So like, there's definitely room for him to like get minutes in order to come into the game, make an impact. Um, I do think he could be a decent shooter, like thirty four, thirty five percent around that range. I don't know if it'll happen this year. Um, but if it does, like, it wouldn't be too surprising. But yeah, I, I don't, I just, he's good. Like he's good. I definitely feel like he was trying to force it a little bit, but I'm not really counting too much about like stuff like that. It's preseason. Like the preseason is for getting your bullshit shots up because ultimately you just want to do stupid shit for the fans. Like, so I'm cool with him, like taking a couple of those like deep shots early. And it's just reps too right now too, for a lot of these guys, it's just reps. Yeah. Like Rose played five minutes today. Like, oh, yeah, because Tibbs is saving him for the 30 minutes and that he's going to use him in the regular season. 100%, but it's also just like, you know, <laughs> guys, these guys are just like, you know, starting to get their their game legs underneath them. So I wouldn't look too much into a lot of, like, reps or bad shots or bad play or whatever. Yeah, yeah um, Nemo has the update on the white guys. Um, very yeah, odd statement. Easy. But um, he says Porzingis, Kuzminskis, Plumley, and Vuj- oh, Vujicic. Oh yeah, Vujicic. Oh, wow. Shit. In twenty sixteen, seventeen, all within five years ago. That's insane. Wow. Oh, God. We really brought Vujicic like out of like the slums of wherever to like hoop for us because we played triangle offense. I'm that so fucking wild. old now, man. Jesus Christ, that was twenty sixteen. <laughs> Oh, oh man. I'm, but, the man, I'm the old man here, Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um one thing I liked um RJ had like probably the quietest 21 points he'll ever have. Um, and I think that was a, a result of you know Jalen Brunson making the game pretty easy for him. Um, just in, in, even if it wasn't in terms of Jalen Brunson directly dishing the ball to him, but like. He didn't have to force anything, I think. And that's probably going to be the biggest thing that going forward this season, which will probably help in terms of um, that efficiency leap, 
is the shots that he doesn't have to force anymore because there will be someone creating better looks for him, whether it be directly or indirectly as a result of just his presence on the court and what he can do. Um, and in terms of just the offense probably being a little bit more free-flowing, it wasn't that free-flowing today. But I think RJ also getting a chance to play with that, that bench unit a little bit more will help him um, take that efficiency jump too because when when the when that second unit got moving, it was just like fast breaks, easy layups, just like everything easy for everyone on the court. And I think that's how the team should play in general. But I just thought it helped a lot more that he was playing with the bench and that's when it occurred. Yeah. The bench unit is so fucking good. Like third year in a row, like the Knicks, like Leon Rose, if anything else can say that I got first round picks and I got you a bench unit. Like that bench unit is fearsome. It kind of feels like they've been able to get that right. And it's been off the back of their developed young players. Like you have Rose there, but also like Quickly's there, Obi's there, you know. Miles McBride, we haven't even talked about him much, but like, holy shit, Miles McBride, man. Like, Miles McBride is such a good fucking player, and he's not going to get any minutes from this team. That's the worst part of the season. Fuck Cam Reddish. Miles McBride is not going to get minutes on this team, bro. I feel like Tibbs Tibbs is going to find ways to get him in the game. Like, he's just too much of a Tibbs guy. Okay, so honest, honest question. Honest question. So when Rose goes down, and not if, when Rose goes down, Oh my gosh. Do you think do you think Ryan makes a rotation of a Cam Reddish? Um depends I, on who's healthy. I but I'm, I'm feeling Cam Reddish will probably not be healthy, so I if, I think it's I think it's McBride. I'll also I'll say this. If Fournier is on is coming off the bench, I think he'll go I think he'll go deuce because Fournier can at least has the size to play three. And I'm not saying Grimes doesn't, but just from a lineup construction standpoint, I think Cam makes more sense next to quickly and Grimes. And I think you really want his length and size. So if Grimes is coming off the bench, I think he'll go to Cam first. But if it's Fournier off the bench and Fournier is that like defensive liability, He's gonna say, okay, I, I, you know, I want another. I could see him going to Deuce in that in that instance. But my counterpoint is, Deuce McBride is good and Cam Reddish isn't good. So like, size be damned. I don't really care about the size as much if you're never gonna be healthy, and when you're healthy, you're never gonna be good. Like Deuce has like Deuce got the VC. He got the beard. The beard's a little bit thicker. He got the beard. I mean. Yeah, the beard. He had a little beard on him. A little what beard. player are you watching? Deuce McBride has one of the most naked faces on the team. Listen, it was like a little bait. It was like a little puff patch, you know? You know, but like... You know. This is now also revealing he is schizophrenic. Wow. Oh my <laughs> god. All right, this dude. is insane. That was a little bit. It was a little bit of faces here right there, bro. Like, enough enough to be like, all right, you got a little something. Anyways, enough no, about Deuce listen. McBride's facial hair. Anyway, back to my point at hand. Like, he got the VC tat, like the prison tat, the first tat, like the fucking basketball in Jesus tat. You know what it is. Every player's first tat. And like, I don't know, man. I feel like he's ready to play. Like his defense was insane. Yeah, the passing like, lane stuff is, is is phenomenal. Like he, he, the, he could not shoot threes to save his fucking life. But like 
he got into the lane in the NBA. In the NBA, in the G League, he can. Yeah, for some G, odd G League deuce is like all star, but like I, I don't know, but it just kind of felt like he got in the game and everything switched in that moment where like quickly and McBride were playing in like the second quarter and they just ran havoc on the Pistons and the Pistons had no answer for it and they basically just took turns fucking shellacking them. Like, man, I, I feel like he has to get minutes somewhere. And when Rose goes down, I feel like he's the guy that tips my turn to. There was a couple possessions where quickly induce like had ESP going and like they saw the other person hounding and they saw that the ball handler only had one Avenue and just, they were just, I mean, Deuce especially, but they were just both so good and they tried so hard. It was just, it was really nice to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's all we got for today in terms of, you know, today's game, not much negatives to say, mainly just positives. Um, I, uh, if you don't mind, Sam, I had one. I had one thought. Mm-hmm. You brought up RJ. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny to me how stuff kind of just works itself out. Um, me and you talked a few times um, towards the end of the season last year in post games about how um, RJ and Randall seem to really be like freezing each other out. You know, like Randall kind of and we we were like kind of speculating obviously without any inside information we were like you know maybe Randall's a little mad that like he doesn't want to pass the torch and RJ's like all right fuck it I'm gonna take the torch you know like and they they really didn't seem to like passing to each other and now all of a sudden Jalen Brunson comes in and there's no like 1A 1B it's like okay Jalen's kind of the guy on the offense now um and I really thought that RJ and Randall like looked for each other tonight and there was a chemistry that we hadn't seen since you know 2020 2021 um especially randall looking for rj there was one play when he like bolted up the floor got two feet in the paint didn't force a shot and just found a trailing rj for a pull-up three um that was just another thing to be encouraged by with randall and just with the team in general i i i really liked their chemistry and they didn't showcase, you know, a lot of the chemistry issues and the selfishness that we saw uh, towards the middle and the end of last season. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah I'd agree there. Um, hopefully, you know, as I say with all the stuff in preseason that have been positives, hopefully it continues in the regular season. Because last year in the preseason, we saw a lot of things that were really great. But when push came to shove in the regular season, into thin air. So we're we're all singing kumbaya, we're all singing kumbaya and everybody's averaging twenty ppg. It, it's right, a man. it's a it's a great time. <laughs> we will see. Um next preseason game is Friday at seven thirty against the Pacers. Um another one of those young teams in the league. Um you know, we'll be live after the game. These preseason games they go by super quick. Wish NBA regular season games went by this quick because you know oh, I'd be in bed that, like way that West Coast stretch is gonna be a bitch this year, man. It's gonna be hell. Yeah, I'm not uh, looking forward to it, but it is what it is. Um, let me just go through these comments real quick, see if there's anything that we can address. 
Um, At what point in the season will we have beat Grace by a stream with Tyrese using his webcam? Yeah, first as soon as regular season starts. First game of the season. Um, yeah. So um, we will be live on Friday evening after the Pacers-Knicks game, um, another game at MSG. Um, make sure y'all subscribe, leave a like, um, check out the links in the description. They will lead you to everything Strickland-related in terms of merch shop. I got my merch coming on the way, um, so I'll be rocking it for some of these streams. Um, the Patreon, where you'll have access to the Discord, where the conversation never ends, as Schwinn kindly puts it in the ad reads <laughs> um so if you want to interact with a whole bunch of other knicks fans that you know love the knicks as much as you do definitely tap in there um follow us on twitter the link for the twitter will also be there as well um and link to the site um some great pieces have gone up recently and i assume some more will be coming out um as the season gets underway um and we're also audio now so if you missed i guess some of this or you know are able to listen to it later um or you want to listen to it later you can it will be available on all um podcast streaming platforms um and we'll catch y'all next time peace and shout out to aaron judge 62 yes sir y'all still losing in the walk art all right (laughs) all right Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. You mean the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.